best way that you can do that is make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and if you're on Apple Podcasts or have an iPad or an iPhone, however you're listening, Apple Podcast reviews really help the podcast get noticed. Thank you. Today's show is awesome. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Supergrip ATV Tires. Uh, obviously, you guys know I'm a big fan of these tires. Um, I'll be running them on my car for the foreseeable future. Uh, my Supergrip ATV K9 tires. Um, just so you guys know, we're, they're not using the K-9 uh, name for the tire anymore. It's actually going to be fully spelled out as C-A-N-I-N-E, K-9. Uh, the Supergrip K-9, it's a super rugged tire, all-terrain, ATV, UTV tire that, uh, listen y'all, I run the Kev- I run the Kevlar setup and, and standard compound. It's been an extremely tough tire for me. Uh, if you've been a listener to the show for any length of time, you know that I have put them through everything, every kind of terrain, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, they work excellent in all those loose hill climbs, any kind of dirt riding, gravel road, general trail use. They're absolutely awesome. They hook really well on dry rock as well. Um, I'm super stoked to have these on my machine. Super Grip ATV, uh, it's a crazy eight ply rated uh, radial construction with an amazing rubber compound that's offered in the standard that I run and the intermediate that is available um, I was going to say everywhere, but as you guys all know, it's, it's a hard time to find parts and tires and wheels and things like that with everything involving uh, the pandemic. So get them if you can find them. I run the 30-inch tall tire, but they make a 27, 30, 32, and the illustrious 35-inch tall tire in both the standard and the sticky compound. So make sure you guys are keeping an eye out for those things. Supergripatv.com, Supergripatv on Facebook and Instagram. Next, uh, DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, I'm going to give them a short plug, but man, I really can't tell you how much the Stage 2 power package that I bought from them for my uh, for my Razor really gave me not only a whole lot more pep in my step, but it also gave me a lot more customization. From this point on, I've kept all of the clutch weights and I, I kept the piece of paper that tells you how to clutch things, like where to begin to clutch things for different ride setups. So if I ever choose to move to a 32-inch tire, or if I choose to move to a 35-inch tire, I'll have the ability to adjust my clutch. And the most beautiful part of it is my 30-inch tire right now is what my clutch is set up for. If ever in the future I want to change it, you know, make the point of engagement on the clutch different, all I have to do is go in there and play with it myself and enjoy the experience. Dinojet.com, Dinojet Research Inc. on Instagram and Facebook. Next is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Uh, one of the best in the business, let me tell you. He is, uh, Chris is the owner. Um, they're on Facebook and Instagram at Diddy's Big Block. Let me, let me go ahead and say that because you need to be looking this up while I'm talking. Uh, Chris is the shock disciple. He is uh, continually learning. He's going out actually next week to improve some more of his uh, strategies. He's going out with Shock Jesus himself from the West Coast or I guess the Midwest. Um, but some of the things that Chris does, obviously is shock tuning, shock refurbishing, uh, getting you sprung, valved, cleaned up, added reservoirs, whatever it needs when it comes to your shock setup or suspension, Chris is the man. He is also the number one source for Mark Williams off-road parts, but he does specialize in off-road part sales, shock service, uh, 
multitude of fabrication, wiring and plumbing as well. Now he can take your rig, if you drop it off from, you know, at step eight of 10, he can take your rig to step 10, no problem. And he can get you all the way from zero to 10 turnkey build. Just reach out to them on Facebook or Instagram at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Okay, so this is kind of an unusual one, but this is for a good cause. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, this is usually a slot where I would talk about the irate 4x4 website. Uh, and that website is a forum for tons of information, whether it be full size, UTV, any kind of racing, any kind of build you can think of, there's information there. But the guys over at irate 4x4 wanted me to make you aware of Jeff Davidson and his story. Back in late July, Jeff was wheeling his buggy like any of us would be. He and a passenger were strapped in fully harnessed and it rolled on its side and actually exploded. Being strapped in, Jeff was burned very badly. Uh, over 25% of his body has severe burns. Uh, there were several groups of people coming together to help raise money for him and his family during this difficult time. There are two major giveaways that are going on right now. One is for a very nice built rock crawler and the other is for an extremely plush 48 foot toy hauler. Two beautiful and over-the-top items will be raffled off. There are limited tickets available for the drawings. The drawing is on October 3rd, so please act fast. There are a few GoFundMe pages for Jeff, a Facebook page, and a raffle page all pertaining to that information. You can easily find this information about Jeff and the raffles, uh, both raffles, at irate4x4.com slash Jeff. That is I-R-A-T-E. 4x4.com slash J-E-F-F. -F. Even if you can't buy a raffle ticket, maybe you can help and donate a few bucks to a fellow wheeler who's really in need right now. Again, you can find those links at irate4x4.com slash Jeff. Feel free to throw in anything you guys have. If there's anything else that you would like to support that cause with, please reach out to the, the founders of the GoFundMe and get it done. I wanted to take a few more minutes and make that one a really long one because uh, I really think that that's a really amazing cause. Um, so other than that, All Things UTV is a longtime sponsor of the show. Two things I highly recommend from All Things UTV. Um, first off, the customer service is great. Shipping time is great. It's pretty often that things get overnighted. If Dustin himself sends them, they'll be on my front door the next day. It's pretty amazing. Um, but the two things I recommend are the Razor Aid Tender Springs. They give you a little bit more ground clearance that you lost with your Tender Springs, and they make your ride 80% better. One of the most beautiful parts about this is uh, it's got a lifetime warranty on all the Razor Aid Tender Springs, so there's no worry about ever having to pay attention to them again. And the most wonderful part is it takes your UTV and converts it from a Tender Spring setup to a fully dual custom rate or dual rate spring set excuse me dual rate spring setup so all things utv on facebook and instagram all things utv.com tell him racing on the rock sent you he'll uh, he'll always be up for helping you out infinite off-road is our last sponsor before we get to the show and let me tell you these guys are the absolute best in the business the customer service again is only matched by all things utv very happy to be working with those guys they have a red green blue rock like kit the only one on the market in fact that includes a pure white dedicated emitter so you'll not only get the whitest and brightest patterns but you'll get it at the most beautiful way possible and also you'll get the most ridiculous um 
warranty ever. A 25-year, no questions, even covering accidental damage warranty. Really great. Infinite Off-Road believes in the show so much that they give all listeners of the show um, 10% off. 10% off the website, infiniteoffroad.com, with code word ROCKS. All right. Uh, today's show is uh, really great. I had a great time talking to these two guys. Um, Cody Martin and Jay Shaw, or Jay Shaw and Cody Martin. They're probably going to get upset because I keep saying Cody's name first, but just alphabetical. How's about that? Uh, these guys are great. They have an awesome rivalry. One beats one, then the other beats the other, and it goes back and forth. There's beautiful footage of Mid-America Race where they're just going literally head-to-head, uh, and these are two of the fastest guys in the pro rock endurance racing scene right now. I cannot tell you guys how fun this was, and I can't wait till next time because next time, hopefully, it'll be in person with these two, and uh, it'll be a little bit more lively. But I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Without further ado... The mighty Cody Martin and the great Jay Shaw. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Boom. There it is. We are live. I have Jay Shaw, Cody Martin in the house, two of the best endurance racers in the Southeast right now. How are you fellas doing? What's going on, man? Doing good, doing good. Man, I got to tell you guys, uh, we have been, or I got to tell the listeners rather, we've been planning this for, I don't know, about a month or so. And the back and forth that you guys have had in our little group text is, I, I'm kidding you not, I've been laughing at my phone for a long time. So it's been really good. I'm excited about this one. Um, this is one I'm really interested in because there's a little bit of friendship rivalry here. So uh, I'm excited. But uh, first things first, as we have people jump in here, um, I want to hear about who you guys are just a little bit before we start talking about the race season and all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, Jay, if you want to start us off, um, how'd you get in the sport? What do you do? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Man, so. Um Started back in, I want to say, late 2015. Um, I got into sport right then. I played college baseball in Alabama and just um, and always been in the woods riding dirt bikes in the whole nine yards. And um, my time in Alabama, you know, I mean, they're paying me to throw a baseball. So I sort of took some time off, you know, and uh, just, uh, you know, re- really focused on that or whatever and, and missed my roots and everything. So, uh, as soon as I got out, I got a job and, uh, you know, grabbed a, grabbed a razor, got back in the woods and uh, noticed real quick I was missing that competitive drive, you know, of, of the ball and stuff. So, uh, you know, our first race was uh, Stony Lonesome. It was a, um, you know, it, it was, man, Chris Wilkerson put on a race up there, uh, straight up side by side. And uh, I show up and I'm pretty much bone stock Razor 1000. And, um, you know, I, I was sort of nervous, you know, getting back into it, just trying to race him. And uh, Tim Cameron was there, you know, Justin Point, and the whole nine yards were all in the, the custom chassis turbos and stuff. And um, I think I got third, our first race ever, uh, right behind Timmy and Justin. And uh, that's pretty much where it started, man. I mean, I got the fix and I got the bug and just uh, made a lot of bad financial decisions since, you know. <laughs> Cody, how did you get started? 
man, I've always had a background in motorsports. I mean, we started off young racing go-karts and then it transitioned to the off-road stuff, dirt bikes, four wheelers, the whole works. Uh, buddy come over with a razor in 2012 and kind of set my mind that I wanted one. So went out and got an XP 900 when they come out and just started trail riding and that was never enough. And then yeah, I really wanted to get into all the stuff that was going on at the time was all the hill climb stuff. And, uh, we went out to some events and I ended up getting a turbo and when they come out and just transitioned up. And then I went to a, a small race. It was down in Southern Tennessee somewhere. I don't even remember the name of the park, but they, it was a pro rock race and mega mud truck race. And they had a little oh, wow. short course and I went out there super unprepared. Um, I ended up having to race a little short course part and two wheel drive and ended up rolling wow on the first lap it was kind of a bad <laughs> we transitioned over to the the knockout stuff and you know we we're taking yeah. off four or five wide and hit the first hill and it ripped the a-arm off and tires laying over there in the corner and that was it that was both my highlights flipped on the first lap and ripped the suspension off on the first climb so after that <laughs> we, uh, after that i kind of made some modifications of what i thought needed and then really want to do the hill climb stuff and we went down to busted knuckle which was i think the very first pro rock race that j1 and i we were just there spectating and i was like all right this is a lot more up my alley this is this is what i want to do took the car back home completely changed it up set it up and then uh we went out to our next race which was uh mine made and oh, uh, yeah. ended, up, ended up placing second out there at mine made and then it's been hooked ever since. So what's beautiful about you guys is both of you guys had the had the hill climb on the belt. You guys did a little bit of everything. Um, but you have, you know, you guys started doing endurance when it started gaining a little bit more popularity. Uh, we'll go with uh, Cody this time first. What drew you to the endurance racing over the hill climbs or all the other events that they had? So no matter what you do, you put a lot of time, money, effort into whatever type of racing it is. Mm -hmm. My theory is, is you go out there to hill climb and I'm not taking nothing from those drivers, but me personally, I'd rather go race something that's an hour and a half or two hours long. And rather than something that I show up and get two climbs that are 30, 60 second runs piece. So yeah. I, mean, I just like the longer runs and, you know, it the survival stuff, especially kind of where we are, it incorporates a lot of maybe not so extreme hill climbs, but it incorporates a lot of hill climbs, a lot of fast moving mm -hmm. stuff. It's, it's a very broad spectrum on what you get to actually run and hit and do throughout the course of a survival course. So Jay, what about you? Well, I mean, so I come from hill climbing and had a single seat chassis and the whole nine yards and, and he pretty much nailed it. Um, you know, you're driving the same length to the parks, you're, you're putting the same amount of time in, but, um, the thing that I like about survival or, you know, endurance or what the, the ultra four scene, as they call it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Say I make a mistake in an hour or two hour race, I can back up and I can hammer down for the next 45 minutes and make up that time somewhere else. Yeah. If you mess up on a hill, I mean, you know, it's just sort of, you wasted six hours of your uh, drive time and a whole lot of money. And, and you know, the, it don't really. There, there are great drivers in the hill climb, but there's not as much as, I guess, forgiveness for your mistakes or, you know, like that. So I, you know, I've seen there's a lot of luck in, on the hill climb. I've seen that mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, 
Let me ask you this because let me ask this. I didn't know that uh, there was. Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know that for a while there they were racing and they had a like they counted the number of times that you backed up on a hill. I went back and watched some really old busted knuckle films and they laid out the like the bounty series and you know you got points for climbing the hill but if nobody climbed the hill then it went to how many times you went backwards and a few other things i never realized it was that complicated yeah. and it that seems was, like it's a good thing to do that was the seven rock race in bounty series that we did as it sort of progressed it's a lot more a sprint race up the hills. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of hills that, uh, that you know, that new buggies can't climb and stuff. And it's pretty amazing that any, just about any given up to these, these single seat buggies are climbing the hills just as fast or faster than all faster. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was the thing, I guess, that sort of drew me towards the survival that was just, you know, the longer length of the, of the weekend, you know, you get there on, on Thursday and Friday and you pre-run, you qualify, and then you end up doing the race on Saturday. So it just makes the full weekend effect for me versus the 30 or 45 seconds. Yeah, and I'm having I'm having a little bit of camera issues or something going on here. So uh, why don't you guys both, uh, if y'all can still hear me, um, why don't you guys both uh, tell me a little bit about how, you know, you mentioned that you get to run the course for longer, but how does prep change? You know, when you go from preparing for hill killing and then preparing for endurance racing, how does the prep look different? Cause you guys, you know, uh, y'all were on, uh, y'all were both in Polaris machines and then went to Can-Am and I know the prep between those things is similar, but it seems like it'd be different for hill killing. Kevin, you wanna go? Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I didn't do very much, you know, hill killing stuff. I kind of made the transition pretty quick from what I thought I wanted to do to the survival stuff. So I'm more all survival and um, just back to the hill killing stuff right now. Uh, like you were saying before is, uh, man, some of these hills that they're picking are just so extreme, too. Those guys are a totally different animal. But uh, as far as prep goes, man, I'm really not sure exactly how they do. You know, we got a lot of you know prep for brakes and belts and clutching and you know tire prep and uh, there's just i mean we really got to go over a, a full car you know today today alone i put all new pads all new rotors all new fluid in the car you know i went in and just wheel bangs and bolt checked everything and you know greased everything and just went through the car you know changed the diff fluid and changed the oil and Man, we're we're rough on those cars, you know. We're beating them as hard as we can for two hours. So, you really gotta, you know, check every little thing. You know, I uh, I went to go put the rear rotors on the car, and I uh, started looking at the trailing arm, and I actually broke one of the factory welds on the trailing arm. So, it comes down to just really visually inspecting the car, and you know, putting your hands on everything. You know, you start go bolt check something and you get a couple turns out of it well that could have cost you something or you know i know me and jay have talked you know there's stuff that he's found before a race that if he didn't get to visually see you know 
he'd have went out there and it'd have cost him a race or you know stuff that would have cost me a race you know yeah it's a, i mean it's a different animal um with the survival stuff just like you said two hour races an hour and really the cars are so capable these days that it's not who can finish it it's who's going to have the mechanicals and who's going to put their stuff apart on the prep. Um, I mean, because I, I ran the race at AOP and anybody that's racing in the Southeast knows AOP is one of the roughest courses there, there are. And, um, I literally get our nose flat for two straight hours as far as I could possibly put it and um, had no issues. I mean, so, you know, you put the prep work in, the car's going to last. If you don't, then, you know, certain bolts coming, coming loose. And, and I can remember, I mean, Funny story where me and Cody actually met all sort of started with um, at Mindmate. So his first race with uh, the survival stuff. You know, we're doing our pre-running and all that kind of stuff. And, and I come off the first win and, and you know, I was pretty quick there with really that means like uh little camera switching here. Sorry about that. It's it's good, but um, I said hundred percent I can beat your brother. So I ended up out qualifying him, whatever he ends up getting the podium, and I break a belt because I didn't understand at the time that you know the amount of prep you have to belt every race, you gotta go through every race and pull nine yards. So, I mean, that prep from the first year till now has been tripled. I mean, yeah. there's not a time that I don't go through the whole car. I mean, taking everything apart, taking all the ball joints apart, you know, new axles, and and just um. Really, just making it fresh every single race is, is the key, you know. Because, um, I mean, one little thing can can cost you, you know. So, yeah, that's something that I seem to have, uh, I guess, gotten out easy on. Is you know, I, I did a race and had a completely like loaded machine, ready to run, ready to race, and it was awesome. Best case scenario, you show up, you turn the key, and it just goes, and it was great. Uh, and as I'm getting ready for this, this, you know, I'm actually looking at doing the Winrock race uh, in November. Uh, I'm trying to get the car ready, got spare belts, parts, all that kind of fun stuff. But it's just a matter of going through and just making sure that everything is right. And that is the most painstaking part because you have to go check every single bolt and every single everything. And I know the Hill Killer guys do it too, but the, uh, there's the, the long time period. It really puts, I mean, potential for a lot of those errors to go through. Um, but I want to ask you guys and uh, Cody, I'm getting a little bit of feedback from your phone. So I'm, I'm unmuting you or I'm muting you and unmuting you. Uh, so whenever you, whenever you talk, I'm looking at you uh, trying to catch you when you're talking. So just in case you don't, you don't hear me uh, acknowledge you, I'm looking at you. Um, but uh, you know, how does endurance racing go this year? Because it starts with this like frozen rush of a race in early February or March. I forget when it was. And it was crazy. There was a ton of people out there. It was absolutely wild. So, uh, Cody, if you want to go first, man, tell me a little bit about that race. Oh, man, that was a that was a heck of a heck, heck of a race. So we got out there and ended up snowing like it started snowing in, while we were qualifying and it snowed all night, you know. We took off. That was my first race in a brand new car. Um, you know, there, everything about it was different. You know, we've, yeah. you know, and Jay both, we've really stepped up our game, you know, from last year to this year, you know, trying to be prepared and all that. And mm -hmm. I mean, when we left the line, our hands were, felt like they were frozen to the steering wheel. Um, I mean, we took off and, 
you know, I was real unsure how the car was going to do. Like I did not have very much seat time. You know, I just finished building it and, um, Jay led, Jay led most of the race. Um, me, my brother, I think Jay, I can't remember who else was on the front run, Knox and Landon Jones. That's, we were all in the front row and, um, Cameron ended up most of the first lap and second Jay led it. And, and then I kind of just worked my way up into second for most of the race. And then I ended up just breaking an axle and Mm. there was a couple of hill climbs in the back. And I mean, I'm serious. You'd hit them at 30 miles an hour at the bottom and you'd have to hold it to the floor. Tyler would be spending 80 miles an hour by the time you get to the top and one of the tires just happened to catch and and ended up really hurting my last lap. And so I lost that second place spot and um, a couple guys got around, but I did finish the race and it was a really big learning curve, you know, even, even from, like you were talking about prep and then transition to this, the, the prep and just everything, there's so much more to it, you know, so much to learn and, mm-hmm. you know, had to learn a lot about a new car, you know. Jay, how was that first race for you? Oh, man, it couldn't have been better, right? So I um, I got the pole, I think, about four seconds that race. Uh, like, like you said, it was starting to snow. I got, I guess you could call a little bit of a, a luck draw because um, I went about middle of the way, so the the snow hadn't really affected the track a hundred percent yet. Um, you know, get get the pole, so it really didn't matter as long as you're in that top five. We started five wide, dead engine start. Um, you know, back to the prep. I mean, I, I had a good start and, and uh, pulled the whole shot, and I mean, pretty much led the whole race. Um, you know, we we come through the first little, the hardest part of the that race was the first hill section. So we come down and, and we one shot it. And um, it seemed, I want to say the whole field got cogged up right there on that, that first hill climb. Yeah. I mean, in first, first lap and um, you know, I mean, had a smooth run the whole way and I get all the way back around and there is just chaos. Um, so everyone was stuck. Like you said, I mean, it was, it was pure ice and um, yeah, just really going back to the hill climb and stuff. It, it, really come into effect because there was, you know, so many lines that were clogged up with, with racers that couldn't make it up or they were too slick of of the hills and and ruts and and whatever. But um, me and my co-driver, we looked to the far left and there was just literally just white powder snow everywhere. And I knew, I knew that 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 was a better shot than the, you know, the ice alternate. So, um, and we, we shot up through the woods. It's not even a trail. We were jumping over like down trees. And, and we make it out the top and uh, that was pretty much the separation of you know we lapped i want to say like the whole field up to maybe third um wow. because of that one you know decision that, that we made on that second lap coming through so um yeah that that weekend went perfect you know and and uh, we pretty much went one 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 pretty much on qualifying the, the whole shot and then the win and um just yeah it was it was really cool like you said i mean the hands were just frozen when we got done. I mean, the car is just covered in mud, you know, and I really didn't even want to do my interview or anything like that with, uh, yeah. with the team. I, I just wanted to get in some heat, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. So let, me ask you guys, let me ask you both this. Um, how important, Cody, you, you can answer first. How important is, uh, man, I forget what Ultra 4 calls it, um, anti-puncture systems like tire balls or the chocks. How important is that in endurance racing? So I actually, 
run MRT tires. And the first few races, like I didn't run any tire balls. I didn't run anything like that. So, yeah. you know, I had, I had no flats at Dirty Turtle. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. there was literally wheels and tires laying in the ditch, you know, that yeah. broken hubs. And, you know, there was, you know, racer after racer, you know, coming in with flat tires. And I didn't have any of that. And I ran a hard race. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any flats. So they're definitely – they're definitely security. Um, you know, I run, I run some now, but man, I've, I haven't had a flat MRT tire yet this year, even with them. So I think it depends a little bit on what tire you get, but you know, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, peace of mind, I guess I should call it, you know, to run them. But, you know, because if let's say you were to get a flat, you know, coming into the pits and having to change a tire, I mean, that, that'll cost you a race. If you look at some of mine and Jay's lap times from a lot of these races, and, you know, even, you know, some of the other guys at how close we're finishing after an hour and a half, two hour race. I mean, we're talking about 14 seconds for, you know, yeah. I mean, you look at some of mine and Jay's lap times, they're within a second of each other. You know, they're, they're we're super, everyone's super close. It's so competitive that any little edge you can have, you know, works to your benefit. Yeah. So I want to, Jay, I'm going to ask you this question first. I was going to save it for later, um, but I'm going to go ahead and jump to it. So both of you guys last year that you guys raced razors, the Polaris razor, right? Uh, I think uh, Cody ran the turbo S Jay, what machine were you running? I was in a 18 turbo, just like regular standard, I guess, 64 inch. Okay. So you guys run the razors and now both of you guys are in X3, Can-Am X3, and, and to say that it made a substantial difference, I feel like is an understatement. The difference that it made, I mean, it projected both of you to the very top and to the point where there's really only, I mean, I'm going to knock on, I mean, knock on wood here and just, and just, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the level of competition became so narrow and it's really between, you know, four or five guys, four out of those five are running K&Ms. Uh, Jay, what has the switch to Can-Am been like for you, and what would you tell somebody who is going to buy a new machine today? Uh, I mean, it's really there's there's just no comparison. If you're looking at, you know, you can look at it five, six different ways. If from stock to stock, a Can-Am, mm-hmm. the, the the ride comfort, the the finished product that they've got, you know, and, and then the power, um, it, it's just untouched. Now, going back to why it all happened, I guess is mm-hmm. really, I mean. You know, if you look at every race last year, okay, me, Cody, I mean, Knox Griffin, there was a handful of us that were all in Polaris. Well, the driver didn't change. All of our rigs changed. Yeah. And so Jamie McCoy and Wolf beat us to a pulp last year. I mean, we, we, we tried everything we could do. And really it was just, you know, there was nothing that we could do because, see, I think me, Cody, and, and Knox were always right there with Jamie and Wolf at the first of the race or qualifying or anything like that. Those cars just wouldn't hold up. Yeah. And, you know, we were running, we were trying to run them as hard. And, and you know, for the Polaris, it was a good platform, but the belt, you know, temperatures and, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you just could not run that car as hard as you can at Can-Am. Um, I had one lap last year at Dirty Turtle, and I think I got up to like a 230 belt temp. Woo! I've never seen my Can-Am get over 170 ever. And, wow. and I've drove it as hard as you possibly drive it. I'm probably not as, you know, um, I mean, I, I, that car is faster than I am is what I'm trying to get at. So, yeah. 
I mean, I've sort of seen it back in October. I didn't even run the last part of the, the year because I kept having so many issues out of that car. And I said, man, if I'm going to do this, I'm pretty much going to wash, ne- you know, last year's end of the year. And I went out and bought the uh, the X3. I, they just come out with the RR. It was the 195. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, hey, I'm going to, you know, dedicate this last part of the year to, to build that. And uh, me and Cody, man, we talk just about every day. And, um, you know, I talked to Knox Griffin a, a, a whole lot. And I talked to a lot of these guys. We're all close buddies and stuff. And it, it was almost like McCoy and Wolf sort of sparked our interest enough. And then mm-hmm. when I jumped on board, it was like, boom, 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 boom. You know, like yeah. four or five people jumped straight on board. And, and uh, I, I mean, really and truly, I wish I would have done it sooner. I mean, it, it would have uh, really sort of. I wouldn't have wasted as much money last year sure. trying to, you know, just throw throw money at the fire kind of thing. But uh, it's been a great transition. I mean, racing's racing. You're always going to have issues, and and I don't care what you're driving. You know, there it's, it's racing off road. You know, so it's cool. yeah. But I want to at least show up the best and at least the best possible to win and and do the best that we can, and that that's definitely in that X three for sure. All right, Cody, tell me about the switch for you. Because you were, I mean, you were a mean Turbo X machine, dude. You were out there ripping it hard. And then you go out and switch. What what made you want to do it? And then what was it like when you finally did it? So, you know, first off, you know, a Turbo S, you know, it's wide. It's 72 inches wide. And, you know, some of these courses, you know, a narrow car, you know, you, you can you can maneuver a little bit more. It just kind of helps. And, you know, AOP at the last race really showed me that, that Jay rode with me at the last race. You know, he was the last pro rock race last year. You know, he was out, he was already calling, you know, committed and he wasn't racing. And I was like, you know, hop in with me and co-pilot. And, you know, some of the trees that we'd have to check up and slow up through that, you know, had an advantage for other cars that weren't so wide. That was a big eye opener. And, you know, I had some good qualifying runs and some, some good, you know, top five and top three races in that turbo s but yeah. it was never never enough to like feel like i was super competitive and sure. uh, you know, like jay said we talked a lot and he went and switched and you know i was real eerie i was you know all i know is polaris is that turbo s was like my sixth polaris you know i know yeah. and bolt everything about them and to think oh hey let's go ahead and switch to this this can-am that i know nothing about and i'm going off of you know, a couple of guys saying that they're fast and they handle good and, you know, having to start all over building a new car. That was, that was tough. You know, that was, so I ended up selling it and I got in it and I was amazed. You know, the first few times that I rode it here at the house and through the woods, I was like, I was shocked at how fast I could go through the woods and how well it handled and how well it stuck in the corners and, you know, just how hard I could push it. And I was just, I was blown away. And then, you know, once I got it built and started racing, I mean, all you got to do is look at stats. I mean, you know, back-to-back wins, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, seconds and fastest qualifying. And, you know, I mean, just all you got to do is look at mine and Jay's stats. Absolutely. And that's why I got you guys. I mean, be honest with you, that's why I got you on the show because you, you guys went from, you know, upper middle of the pack to the big dogs and it, it, you know, Jay mentioned it. The drivers are still the same drivers. Everybody gets better every year, but man, y'all made a huge leap. So I'm, I was curious, uh, Cody, what was the biggest, I mean, 
what would you say is the biggest difference in terms of drivability? Is it is it the power? Is it the handling? What about it just makes it that much better? What would you say if you had to say one thing? Um, to say one thing's a little hard. You know, it, it really is a few multiple things. You know, we really stepped it up this year. So from the, the shocks, the handling, and the power, I mean, it's night and day difference, you know. There's, put it this way, stuff that I would slow up for in the Polaris and just didn't have the confidence, I'm holding yeah. the can of him to the floor, and, I, I mean, I'm bouncing across it, you know. Going into corners, you know, rather than breaking at 100 feet, we're breaking at 30 feet or, you know, just for an example. But, you know, it's just you can push it yeah. so much harder, and it's it feels so much flatter, and it really just overall handles so much better. It feels like you're sitting in a Corvette versus sitting in a Jeep. That's a good analogy. Jay, what would you say? Yeah, I think for me, if you if I had to just pick one thing, so the, the Can-Am is a little longer, the, the length of it. And and so all the, the wood stuff that we do, you know, you've got a lot of G-outs and a lot of that stuff that upsets the car. I think the extra length of the Can-Am with, you know, how how hard we can push it through the woods and it, and it not upset and have that donkey kick effect and try to, you know, really upset it. Yeah. I think. For me, that's probably the, the main thing. Now, the powers, I mean, untouched. They're, they're, they're extremely fast. But how hard you can push the car and the comfort level that you feel. Because, you know, I could be fast in a Polaris, but I felt like I was always on the edge of wrecking. Sure. I mean, you know, you can you can literally just go as hard as you want, but, you know, there's almost like a little out-of-control feel where mm -hmm. the can you just sort of – you almost feel so relaxed in there. And, and like you said, I mean – and Dirty Turtle, just for instance, when you come off the, the short course and into the woods, there's about four of those just hard dips that the, the car will just try to bottom out real hard on. And, um, I mean, really and truly, the, the faster you hit it, it, it feels better. I mean, it, it's wild. You know, we, we both run G-Force racing shocks, and he's got it figured out with those Can-Ams like no, nobody's business. But, I mean, I think that length of the Can-Am also, it just uh, – it just stays flat. Like in the corners, it stays flat. When you, you hit those G outs and, and, you know, it just, it really just, I don't know. It just feels so good and, and just uh, comfortable at all times. You know I mean? That's, that's probably to me the, the biggest factor. Did you guys watch Crandon race the, the side by side race this weekend? Oh, yeah. I didn't yep. get to I was, I was working. Oh, well, okay. For, for us slackers. <laughs> um, uh, so I watched it, and that's the first time I've watched a really good short course racing. Uh, I actually ended up tuning in to watch the 4400 cars for Ultra 4, and, you know, the UTVs were on right after that on Sunday. But, dude, uh, I was really shocked because I don't know where Can-Am came in. I think they were third, maybe, maybe lower than that. Uh, they had a Pro XP out there that was doing really well, and they obviously the, the Yamaha – YXZ, or I think I'm not sure what it is. The Yamaha was out there doing work. Um, I really feel like that Can Am though would be like king of that short course style circuit. And I know there's a lot of guys out west that do it, but uh, Cody, what did you think when you were watching it this weekend that a Pro XB won? Well, so I was actually this close. I even tried to get Jay to go fly out there with me. I was going to go hang out with him. You know, Nathan Wolf was out there racing, and we were going to go hang out. And I really wanted to go see it in person. Um, but uh, so we were going to go up there and hang out. So I got to, I only got to watch. But 
those it seems like the short course stuff the yxz's got it figured out i don't know if it's the short wheelbase that mm -hmm. helps but you know them being just as wide and big power but i think uh i think in the next you know couple races and next season you know a lot of the can-am guys are getting it figured out you know you've got uh scotty lawrence and nathan wolf and uh mm -hmm. uh kyle cheney you know they're all they're all gonna be serious contenders so i'd I wouldn't give up on the Can-Am out there yet. Just I keep an eye open. What I think about the, the short course stuff too, and like, you know, everybody's got their feast or famine, but I think the short course, you know, those cars are the pro mod. Okay. Yeah. They can build those cars to the gills and, and there's just so much that you can really do to make all of them so competitive that, you know, I mean, you got some of the best drivers in the world. I mean, every, everybody's got their shot, you know, and, and like mm -hmm. I said earlier that the, the the machines themselves are getting so good. So you got one or two guys that are always top contenders. They're going to yeah. have a weekend where they, they might be off. They might have an issue or whatever. I mean, you know, racing's racing. But um, I think where, you know, the, the Can-Am just really shines is the woods. I mean, that's sort of their roots the whole way through. Started with the GNCC stuff, and then it's just always kept that way, you know. I mean, um, Can-Am swept the, the King of the Hammers this past year. And, and you know, it's sort of – I don't know. I mean – one race really don't define you. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. And I, I have to say that if I were going to, if I was going to be a, a manufacturer and there was one race I was going to focus on, it's, it's going to be King of the Hammers. And uh, I'll, I'll let you guys in on a little information. We got some people uh, watching live with us. Um, my Polaris interview was last week and they're still doing their business, trying to sort it out in house. Um, but they, are very focused on King of Hammers trying to get that title back, but they said something to me that I'm gonna I'm gonna say very vaguely, uh, so we don't get I don't get in trouble. But um, I would keep an eye on like uh, I think it was Cody Miller that ran the 4400 class in the in the UTV. I would I would keep an eye on that because uh, there's there's some of those like race edition cars that uh, are out there and they're they're that's what they're being built for is those 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 are race editions they're they're bypassing all of the utv classes it's it's a very interesting thing that they're trying to do um and again that's all hypothetical but i think you'll see that car at dakar um, being raced in the 4400 unlimited class and very interesting because you know the 1000 cc limit is what prohibits all of the utv stuff um, and it makes it, you know, a car or whatever, however they want to classify it. But I thought it was pretty interesting in, in, you know, that they were hypothetically talking about, you know, just bypassing the UTV class for the new car. So very interesting stuff. Uh, and again, all that is hypothetical and not real. Uh, but that being said, um, you know, we hope that Polaris comes out with a machine that's a little bit more competitive because Canon seems to have taken a big uh, push forward on you guys. Because, I mean, Dude, you guys get, you know, the Nathan Wolf, McCoy, you two, you know, that's the top four of any race every day, you know, unless something catastrophic happens or, you know, everybody has a really bad day, but uh, you guys are pretty much it, you know? Uh, and, and James Cantrell chimed in just with Polaris uh, in the comments there. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I always give James a hard time because every single time I've seen him at a race, his doors are hanging off barely by a bolt. So I always, always like that. But uh, so tell me what's the next race for you guys, because they had dirty turtle this year and you guys have done a little bit of renegade racing. Uh, what's going on? 
you know, tell me about Mid America. Actually, let's talk about Mid America. We'll start there. How did that race go? Because you got a pretty epic picture uh, out of it for sure. Uh, Jay, do you want to go first? Oh man, I don't really. I, you know, I, I want to forget that race. You know, I don't know. Did that race really happen? No, it was. Uh, it was really good. I mean, we show up and, and qualified in the top four, so we were on the front row, and uh, it was. Uh, it went, it went good. I mean, I pulled the whole shot, and uh, we were putting that chamber down. And, and you know, hey, there's there's no excuse to it. At the end of the day, Cody wins the race, so that's all that matters. But I had, I don't know, a select few people telling me gap, gap, gap. You know, yeah. and, um, even in the headset, they were telling us, "Hey, man, you got a gap." And uh, towards the end of the race, the and, and this is totally my fault. This is where it comes off. The drivers' meeting that doing final little you know touches in the race car. All I knew is that we were lining up at so and so time. So I was going to make the race. Well, the drivers' meeting and at the drivers' meeting, they established that it was a three-lap race, no matter the time. We did twenty minutes or an hour and a half. Coming into lap three, which I didn't know this, but it was going off at four. We were at 40 minutes. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, man, we're, we feel like we're getting close to the race, but I didn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, all I kept hearing was gap again. You know? so I had sort of eased off the progression and I'm thinking, we've got a huge lead, you know, yada, yada, yada. We're just going to the coast in and, and maybe we'll get the white flag. Maybe we'll get the flag or, or at least sort of know where we're at. Mm-hmm. So coming to lap three, we never got a white flag. And so I'm thinking, Hey, it's still racing, you know, let, let's roll on. So the pace had slowed down. Well, Cody's pace had went to the floor and he had closed that gap that I once had, you know, so he, um, and he comes out of nowhere and, and pretty much in the last two corners, um, I swing it a little wide and he just darts in. Well, I'm like, okay, well, man, he put a good, good sort of move on me. I'm going to follow him to the finish, and, and I'm, I'm really fast up in this, this open section. I'm going to repass him. As we go through, I mean, it's, it's literally checker flag flying, and he took the win from me pretty much the last couple of corners. So, I, uh, yeah, I felt like my girlfriend got stolen from me, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. Felt, you know, I've felt some some pretty tough things racing, and, and uh, you know, you have those bad days, but uh, pretty much it – Led the race, the whole race, because dust was a factor this race, and we pull a whole shot. I mean, we we pretty much had the clear selling, and um, yeah, it uh it was sort of depressing, you know, going back to the trailer. And, and normally on a weekend, if you get second, you're sort of you know, hey, that's not a bad weekend, but yeah, you shouldn't be okay with it the whole ride home. And and Mid America is nowhere close to uh, Alabama, so that, that was a that was a long one. Cody, tell me about it. Uh. Went out there, like Jay said, we, we both qualified front row, and there was five of us Can-Ams on the front row, and, you know, I, I run a stock tune. You know, we all took off, and out of the five 2020 RR Can-Ams, I was, I was the fifth one going into the woods. You know, I just I couldn't get the jump. They all got the jump on me, and we went in, so I fought dust the entire race, and it was rough. Um, the first lap, I moved up. I moved up a spot, made a pass, and then um, the next lap we come around and um, Knox had broke something on a hill and he was already headed up the hill and he broke right at the top and I was already right behind him. I kind of had to get off and get all around him and then 
once I got around him, you know, Jay had, I think, a 45-second lead on all, like, on all of us, and I just, I just laid it down. I ended up having to pull over twice in the race and restart the car because the car was going into limp mode. And uh, so I'd reset it and come to a rolling stop, reset it, take back off, and um, headed into that, you know, that last lap, I could start seeing Jay's dust. And it was either hammer down and push as hard as I could or, you know, just stay where I was at. And uh, I honestly didn't know I was that close to him. And then we were going up, it's the last ravine. You kind of come around the corner, you can see the lake, and then you take a hard right, and you go up a, a ravine that's maybe, a, I don't know, quarter, half mile long, and it's kind of windy, and then you shoot up a hill and make a 180-degree corner, and then you're towards the finish line. And as soon as I made that corner and saw that he was in the ravine, I mean, I'm, I just held it wide open, and all I could aim for was his back bumper. You know, there was it was so dusty that, I mean, you couldn't see what was in the trail. You couldn't see what was off the side. It was just... I hope Jay knows where he's going and I'm going to run in his dust until I can see his back bumper. And hopefully when I get close enough, then I can actually see and kind of make a move. And uh, I got right to his back bumper as we started shooting up the hill. And I had, uh, you know, in pre-running, I was trying to figure areas that I could, you know, pass or make a move. And when you come yeah. up the hill, it kind of swung wide and made a big wide swoop in 180 degree corner, or you could shoot to the inside, like down into like a drainage ditch and as soon as we started up that hill i just cut the wheel to the left and tried to drive up beside him and we both stayed in it through the corner and i just kind of popped out and and then even into the next corner you know I, we go into the next corner the very last corner of the finish line and i go to hit the brakes and there's nothing there and like i come into the corner and my car's almost on two wheels and bicycling and i almost gave it back up and you know jay dipped to the inside there but i was able to pull it off and hold, hold my new spot yeah oh <laughs> that's funny i said can we change the subject yet yeah all right all right we'll move on, we'll move on. for everyone that it's on my facebook pages videos and drones footage and all that yeah, I, I, I will. I will concede that the drone footage is pretty cool. It is. It is. It is a really nice little commemoration. So you let know, me. I, uh, I, I think the worst part about it all for Jay is, you know, he's driving home, and it was like every couple hours there was someone else that would release a picture, the drone footage, and it was like rather than the race be over and move on, it was like yeah. Uh, so okay, let me give let me give the flip side of this. Jay, what is your favorite memory or favorite just uh, time you've had while you're endurance racing? Because uh, again, I've done one race; it was awesome. Uh, I am building trying to build this two seat car because I had so much fun, and I you, you can't describe how good it is when you're in that race and when you're having fun and when people are you know all around you and you're getting bumped in the back and getting pushed off the trail. It's a lot of fun. What's your favorite memory? Uh, well, I think that's really what makes the survival or the endurance racing so much fun. And like, you know, the, the stories that come after it of, of yeah. everybody's adventure of an hour or two hour race, or even, you know, the, the guys that talk about King of the Hammers is the adventure of the race itself is, is what you always remember, you know? Yeah. Um, that's sort of what makes it so much fun is like you dip off into the woods, unless you got GoPro footage or a drone for God's sakes. I mean, it's all I mean, I mean, you, you, nobody, <laughs> so it's, it's, 
you know, when you come back around and, and you're sort of just talking with everybody and, and sharing those moments and stuff. But probably for me, and, and you know, once again, I, I got second place this race, but um, I I would say me and Jamie McCoy had one of the most fun battles at AOP with a, a Renegades race this year um, that, that I've had. I mean, you know, me and Cody's had some good battles sort of going back and forth as, and, and as far as lap times. But me and Jamie physically fought it out for, you know, I mean, uh, the whole two hours it felt like. So at AOP, I, I get the whole or I get the uh, the pole and the, the way that that track was sort of set up was they there was an alternate. There's two separate lines. There was either really tough, hard hill climb that you could sort of, you know, take a risk on, but it shaved 30 seconds off the, off your time. Or you could go this sort of rocky, easy, kind of lucky way up and mm -hmm. it put you back on the perimeter trail. I'm aggressive. And so I was thinking, OK, if I, I'm starting first, I'm going to really put a 30 second, you know, gap on the on the the uh the start of this race and really try to get get going mm -hmm. so first lap i go and and i hit the hard line and it had rained like crazy so it was muddy and everything else and and it just had kicked me the right way where i had to back up two times and um end up climbing the hill or whatever but it wasn't as fast as going just the slow steady way mm -hmm. so at that point jamie and i had sort of messed back up now he was on corrected time so he was ahead of me but man, we had, it was sort of like playing cat and mouse, you know, because yeah. he was so much faster than me in certain areas because he was on 32s. I was on 30s, so I was super fast through the tighter stuff. And we would literally, you know, I would pull 30 seconds on him and, and pretty much be, you know, out of his sight. And then all of a sudden I would hear him, you know, horning and, and sort of making me go all the way. And I don't know, we just sort of swapped back and forth that whole race. And, um, I don't know. At one point, you know, it was funny because we went to the. Obviously, he knew this. He's he's been racing a long time. Super smart, but I was in front of him and uh, going up into this rock section or whatever. I sort of had pulled off to the right, and I wanted to follow him through this line because I knew he had a faster line because it was the same spot he was catching me thing like every or uh, every lap. Well, he he knew that I, you know he was ahead of him. He stopped dead still in the in the the middle of the trail, and I'm stopped dead still trying to let him go by. And I'm like, go! And he's like, going? And uh, you know, so I like, got to take my off, and, and you know, we we ended up going along. And, but like I said, he had a little bit of a time difference on that first first initial heel. But yeah, just the effect of sort of him sort of going both back and forth that whole race was the. Uh, you know, one that I, I'll probably remember a little bit better than the other. You know, I have a, a funny story on the mind made, but it really not my fond memory, but it's something I always remember. Sure. Uh, I belt, and so as I'm, as I'm changing the belt, Cash Lecroy passes me and is holding the number one out at me. And they get it on GoPro footage of him just passing me and holding the number one out at me. That's I'll, I'll always remember that one, but uh, that's, was, that's pretty funny. Funny, you, know, you got a sort of rubbing it in your face. Cody, what about you? What's your favorite favorite experience you've had while you've been racing, other than uh, the Mid America? <laughs> well, Mid America is always going to be high up there. I just you know lay it out, but parks so off. You know, I mean, we really got fun racing and. And 30 minutes after we left the finish line, I I brought the car back to the trailer and I was in the pool. 
You know, we were out there swimming, you know, having a margarita. You know, there's no other off-road park, you know, around that you can go win a race and then go back float in the pool with a margarita in your hand. That's pretty cool. Um, but, but other than that, um, there was a pretty cool race uh, this year, Blue Holler. It was a Renegades race, and um, me and Jamie kind of battled it out there. You know, he took off on the front row, and I took off on the second row, so I was trying to play catch-up the whole time. And, you know, it was like we'd come into the short course, and – we, uh, we'd be in the same spot on the short course passing each other every time. You know, I'd be coming this way, he'd be coming this way. And we pass to the same spot just about every time. And um, so I, I worked for that one. You know, that was a really fast race. I like a really fast course. And um, But the cool part was is a lot of my family and some friends and stuff were there. You know, that was my grandfather's first race to go to. You know, I had my little girl, my fiance there. The whole family was there. So to pull off a, you know, a big win while your family's there and it was kind of close to home. It was just, it was just a good race overall. So let me ask you guys this. Um, have you guys raced, uh, obviously you talked about doing renegades, but um, there hasn't been that many endurance races this year. Is that right? Yeah. It's been sort of hit or miss. I mean, you know, pro rocks had a couple of little issues, I guess, with some of the parts and stuff during the COVID stuff. So, Really, I mean, you know, just we're just trying to hit anything we can. I mean, this next weekend, me and Cody both are going to a, a renegades race at Dirty Turtle. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We've got that competitive little itch going towards each other. And uh, hopefully we can go qualify, you know, one and two, and then just pretty much race it out for two hours. I, I've really been, I don't know, in my head thinking that would that would be the, the factor, you know. That, that would be really cool. It would almost be like the tiebreaker in a way. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd just be really fun this weekend. I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I, I hope in, in all perfect world, I mean, we would qualify one and two and then come the race, we literally start side by side and it's like, hey, two hours worth of, uh, of a battle, you know. So looking forward to the weekend. What do you think about that? You ready to race? Uh, I'm ready. We're, we're ready to go. We've been working on the car and get, getting parts in and just trying to trying to get ready and I think it's going to be a good time. You know, Dirty Turtle is always a, a good course. It's a fun course, and I think it's going to be a good time. Hopefully it's not snowing and 30 degrees this time. And we get to <laughs> course a little bit different, but yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty excited, and we're, uh, we're definitely getting ready, and we'll be up there and ready to, ready to do some competing for sure. So uh, my question currently is uh, I'll start with Jay because he seems to be rather popular with this question. Uh, have you guys been doing any like practice racing or racing recently, Jay? You have a couple fans who keep asking who beat you this weekend. I see, yeah, I see some of that. And really, you know, it comes down to I went to a local race this weekend, okay? Okay. So, Ashley enjoys the crowd favorite. He's 10 minutes down the road. Um, oh. His dad, John, actually races an RS1, his stock RS1, pretty much his pre runner car. Yeah. And, um, how it sort of worked out is, you know, I went up there just to sort of sort of have some fun and, and see some of my friends, all this kind of stuff. And luckily I did. I had an issue the first race, put me in a loser's bracket and um, worked myself up and I, I had to race John again. So the first race, race John Lee Croy. I have an issue. He beats me, you know, so he's sort of rubbing in my face and how it worked out. I, I raced him again and really cash had just taken the win on everybody all, all night. So, I wanted to let dad and son race. And so I pretty much just give the race to him. So, and, and, you know, he, he thinks he beat me. I mean, I've got a bunch of people asking, you know, <laughs> you 
Look, if it makes him feel better and lets him sleep better at night, I mean, he beat me. Um, you know, but I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. Cody, you have a comment on that? Uh, I'm not even going to comment on it. All I got to say is he likes getting passed in the last couple corners. <laughs> Killed me. I, I understand. I got a little bit more in depth story on that one, but I will just leave it at that. Cody, you've been racing any recently? You've been uh, getting every, anything prepped up? Anything special? Uh, just getting the car prepped up. Um, really haven't done much since uh, I guess I guess it was Mid America. We've uh, I mean I've run the car. You know we've got some property here. Um, just to kind of do some testing and stuff like that. But other than that, no. Just kind of going through the car. I've had a bunch of had a bunch of brake issues at Mid America. So trying to get all those fixed and straightened out and. And just ready for this next one. I was really looking. My my uh, my plan was to do everything I could to be ready for race to riches. You know that was my big plan, and then that ended up getting canceled. So it kind of left me in a bind of I wasn't quite ready to go race something else. But mm-hmm. we're ready now, so we'll get back out there and see what we got. So let me ask you guys both this. Um, what are you looking forward to? I mean, we mentioned the Dirty Turtle race that's coming up this weekend. Um, but next thing on the calendar, I think, is uh, the Windrock race, uh, unless, you know, Race to Riches pops up at another venue or something like that. Um, is that the next time that both of you guys are going to be racing? Uh, I mean, we're, um, we're going to race this weekend at Dirty Turtle. And depending on, you know, how bad we beat the cars up or if everything goes smooth, um, Cody lives in Tennessee. I live in Alabama, and there's a race at um, Loretta Lynn, Hurricane Middle Tennessee. It's an AXCC race. So, you know, we both never raced their, their series. Um, you know, it's sort of right down our alley, and we'd like to go sort of, you know, see what those guys are made of and, um, you know, race some of those cats. I mean, there's, there's some fast woods guys there. So it's a little bit different than, like, the Renegades, the two-hour race there, a lot more rocks and stuff with, with what we normally run. That's a lot more tight woods and and sort of that old GNC style, you know, uh, feel to it. That engine starts and the whole nine yards. But it being so close for both of us, I think that we're, you know, we've both talked about running that uh, as well back to back weekends. When is that? Uh, not this weekend, but the next. Okay. Um, now they're not having anything at Indian Mountain for endurance, are they? No, that's that's sort of our our. Thing. I mean, we wanted to go to that rack and cure that uh, Southern Rock Racing and Pro Rock's putting on. And mm-hmm. uh, great calls, man. They, they normally do that at top trails. They're putting it at Indian Mountain this this year. And um, I'm sure there'll be a huge turnout, which there needs to be. I mean, they, they put on a good show and, and for a good cause, you know. But um, we're just trying to look at the schedule. Like you said, it's sort of dwindling down. The COVID sort of gotten a lot of, um, you know, the, the, the racing series has sort of been – just sporadic and um we're just trying to put out for our sponsors you know because man without those guys for both of us i mean you know call sales pitch or whatever but really nobody really realizes how expensive this sport is until you keep off in it and um we're just trying to give back to our sponsors as much as we can and race as much as we can so let me ask you guys this because y'all are both sponsored by big names in the off-road industry Uh, and we'll start with cody cody how if, if you were giving advice to other racers, how do you market yourself to get sponsors and to, and to get the help that you need to run a race team like this? I mean, I had to do a lot of learning and trial and error stuff on that. Um, you know, 
social media is a big thing nowadays. You know, podium finishes always help. Um, yeah. you, know, you just gotta, everyone does it a little bit different. If, if I've learned anything, not everyone does it the same. You know, you, Jay might do something a little different than I do, you know, you, mm-hmm. it's just, but, uh, I mean, really just gotta try to promote your sponsors the best you can. And, you know, in all aspects, you know, your, mm-hmm. your personal life, you know, whether you're out trail riding, racing, you know, you're representing that company. So everything you do has got to be towards them. And, you know, they do so much for us, you know, we just got to do the, the best we can for them and, and try to promote them the best we can in any way that we can. Jay, how about you? You got any advice? Yeah. I mean, um, I tell you, I, I spoke with Anthony Yunt one year and it was, um, just sort of, I guess maybe year two when I got into the racing and he had sort of taken me to school about, uh, you know, not so much of results, you know, just how much you present yourself, even at the races. And, um, you know, this year I've really sort of went, I guess, full boat with that, but, um, I've had a couple of sponsors step up this year and, and, uh, really changed sort of the, the dynamic of my race program, not only on the parents level of, Oh, I'm, you know, sponsored and whatever, but, you start getting the parts and you start getting the, the money and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. And your prep can change. I mean, yeah. coming unprepared now you've got multiple tires, you know, I mean, Max has stepped up this year and, and I got, um, you know, a great deal with those guys. I got a bunch of tires from them and uh, planet side by side gets me all the rims I need. And, you know, um, one of my good buddies, David Walker, you know, custom trucks unlimited, man, he, he stepped up probably the biggest out of anybody. And, and, um, it's just really, it changed my whole program. And, and with that, I wanted to change how I showed up to the races. So, you know, I, I used to be a guy, I'm a single man show just about with my race team. Um, you know, I've got my co-driver this year, which, I mean, he helps a, a huge amount, but I don't have a big family, you know, atmosphere when I come to the races. I've got the friend aspect of it, but um, a lot of times I'll show up by myself, you know, but I at least have, a huge tent with all my sponsors on it. I've got a, you know, a race suit with all my sponsors on it. Um, I try to present the car as best I can. And, and like you said, the social media presence, I've, I've tried to do really well with that. Um, and just, you know, just always sort of the, the relationship side of it is where it, it all starts. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just call, you know, super ATV and say, Hey, I'm a racer. I need parts. <laughs> you know? um, and I think everybody sort of is, learning that you know the more we all race i mean don't put a sticker on your car just because you know it looks cool or whatever right um you know because then it just sort of it, it dilutes the water for everyone that's actually trying to do it the right way so i think the relationship side of it's where it mainly starts and that's in any any aspect of life you know whether it's a, a business owner a salesman or a you know a racer i mean if I feel like I know you on a personal level and, and me and you are buddies and stuff and say, you've got a product that I want to run or whatever. Well, the buddy side of it helps that. Okay. Well, let's, let's sort of, you know, let's see how this can help both of us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. ships are not just single, um, you know, single sided sided deals, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. both are trying to get somewhere with it and that's the, uh, that's what you got to do. You know I mean? You got to help them and they, they help you and just sort of try to make the world go around with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And this, uh, so this will be my last question. If you guys have anything else you want to talk about, we can talk for as long as you guys want. Um, Cody, we'll start with you. 
<laughs> oh yeah, trust me. I know. I I got. I'm I'm still on. Uh, I'm cooking some steaks and that's all that fun stuff. I don't have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but uh, uh, Cody, what are you looking forward to right now? What's next on the horizon for you? And uh, do you have any off season plans? I do. So we're gonna we're gonna go get Dirty Turtle out of the way this weekend. We might try AXCC to give it a shot. Give it a shot, and then uh, our next race will be Winrock, um, Pro Rock for the last race. You know, I'm, I always look forward to Winrock. You know, it's one of my favorite places, and great to bring the family. Good spectator spot. Um, but once that race is over, it's teardown time. We are uh, going to completely tear the car down, and we're going to King of Hammers this year. So we've got for that. That's exciting, man. It is. I'm super excited. And if Jay would stop being so stubborn, you know, we'd get him out there too. But we talk Man, about it a lot. And, I was about to say, it's the perfect remedy to get both you guys out there at the same time. Well, we've, we've talked about it, man. He got my hamstrings turned another day pretty hard. And, and, you know, like I said, we talk all the time and we sort of bounce ideas off each other. And, and it's one of those things, you know, he brought up to me. And it's something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, man, I just don't know. I just started my own company. I'm working six, seven days a week and, and trying to just make that, that, you know, roll like, uh, like it should. And I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, that this is this, that bug of King of the Hammers gets to you, you know, and you, you yeah. do it every year. This, this time of year, it starts getting in my head. And, um, I don't know. I mean, Hey, if anybody wants to help me out, you know, get from Alabama to California, I'm sure it's not going to be a cheap task to <laughs> do it the right way. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I want to. I want to make it happen for sure. Yeah, well, I think that'd be cool. Back, back to the sponsor thing. You know, we're close with a lot of our sponsors, and you know, we're really close with our main sponsor. You know, Nitro Racing Parts and. We've been talking to them guys, and we've been wanting to get out there for a while, and we've definitely decided to team up, and we're going to take on the task. You know, it's going to be a, a big job, and there's a whole lot to it. I mean, we've started planning logistics, and just that's, you know, not the easiest thing in the world, but they've really stepped up, you know. I mean, they they back us a lot and, you know, do everything they can for us, but we're going to go out there as a team this year, and we're going to try to put on a show and see what we can do. Man, I, uh, I can't wait. I love, like – Every year we have the you know the, the the ten guys from the East Coast that are in the race circuit. They go out and they race, and I love 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 watching our guys go out there uh, because it's always it's always something crazy and it's always big news coming through. So uh, I love it. Uh, I'm excited. I'll be cheering for you, um, Jay. What are you looking forward to? What's the off season look like for you? Uh, I mean, really, I mean, you know, I've got these last two weekends sort of planned out here, and then. You know, same as him as, as far as Winrock, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, if I can if I can get it all planned out, I, I'd, I'd hope to go out towards Hammers and stuff. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the East Coast guys always sort of show up in a big way. And you know, I think we're some of the fastest in, in the in the nation or whatever. Whether we're in the in the desert or you know, I went out to Texplex this year, and, and those guys are extremely fast. And uh, you know, you learn a lot. But I mean, I think. Um, I think that we could go out there and, and, and handle our own, you know. So I don't know. It's it's in the back of my head. So uh, just play out the next couple of weekends and, and see if I can't uh, make it happen, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, I'll start with Cody again. Cody, do you have any closing remarks? Anything you need to say before we sign everything off here? 
Uh, no, I just Jay needs to watch his back this weekend. But other than that, I mean. Hey, <laughs> right, all, all I heard in that was I need to watch my back. So that means I'm in the front. So uh, I'm coming for the win. <laughs> and you know, the famous question, the famous question always is, you know, would you rather set the pace or would you rather chase the leader? And I'd much rather chase the leader. So I just watch out in those last few corners. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, what's your final words, my man? I don't know, man. You'll uh, do a quick interview with us uh, Saturday after the race, and, and we'll be able to talk a little bit more about it. That sounds good. We'll jump right back here, and uh, we'll make it happen. Here's the last thing. I just don't know how Cody's head has fit in the screen the whole night. We went this long. At least, uh, at least we can throw a couple of jabs out there. We'll play five minutes and talk about it and laugh about it. So it's all in good fun, man. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully we can just be safe and uh, have a good race this next weekend. So, all right, fellas. Jay jokes around about my head being physically big, and I always joke around his about being, you know, ego big and big-headed that way. So <laughs> we both have a big head. Yeah, well, that's why you guys are so fast. The head is so big. <laughs> I'm going to go get some seat time so I uh, can give Jay a, a run for his money this weekend, and you guys take it easy. All right, fellas, we'll close it out here. Everybody watching live with us, thanks for joining in, and uh, I will see y'all next time. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. If you're not already, the best way to support the show is through the Apple Podcast uh, reviews. Leave us a good review if you enjoy the show. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss any more popular interviews. Today's show is brought to you by Supergrip ATV Tires. The Supergrip ATV K9 Tires, the most bananas performing tire in loose dirt, dirt, gravel, general trail riding, dry rock, everything, you name it. It's an absolutely superior tire. If you can squeeze it out of your budget, I highly recommend the Kevlar sidewall option that they have. That is bead to bead Kevlar. Um, they're one of the only people that do that right now. And the K9 Tire CA. N-I-N-E. They changed the name spelling there a little bit. Um, that tire is one inch tread depth, eight ply sidewalls, and an excellent, excellent tire to run on your UTV. If you can find a set, get them because they're not lasting long. I can tell you right now that if you find them, they're going to be gone quick. So you need to get them. Standard compound is what I run. It's going to be a little bit more firm than the intermediate compound. Uh, it's going to last longer. However, the intermediate being a softer tire, you're going to see better performance. So all of the guys at, at Supergrip ATV have been amazing to the show. I know that everyone that that's, uh, retails their tires will be amazing to you as well. So Supergrip ATV on Facebook and Instagram, supergripatv.com. Dynajet is one of the best in the power business. One thing that I've always been really curious about is the Power Vision 3 tuner. Um, I was someone who never really thought that tunes made that big of a difference until I put a tune on my machine. Because let me tell you, it made a huge difference. I have the Stage 2, which just comes with a, with a um, what's the word I'm looking for here? A standard tune for the, for the stock exhaust. It also came stock exhaust option, a Trinity exhaust, and a few others. So right out of the box i had plug and play power i run the stage two which includes a clutch setup and the power vision three tuner and it goes all the way up to stage five which has boost tubes blow off valves clutching injectors and 
a massive turbo. Dynajet.com, Dynajet Research Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Next but not least is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. These guys are awesome. They are your number one source for Mark Williams off-road parts specializing in off-road part sales, shock service, which is what I have done with them. You know, really excited about what we're working on there. Fabrication and wiring and plumbing of all different kinds. One of the most beautiful things that is happening right now is Chris, the owner of Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, is tuning a set of UTV shocks for me, and we're going to get those shocks figured out so he can have a you know plug-and-play valving setup. Basically, what that means is you're going to be able to get in touch with Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. You're going to say, hey, my UTV rides like crap. Chris is going to say, hey, here's the price. Here's our base. You know, here's the base valving. We're going to make it ride 110% better. And then from there, you know, personal adjustments. If you carry weight, if you don't carry weight, if you have, you know, two passengers that weigh 75 pounds or two passengers that weigh 900 pounds, whatever it may be, Diddy's Big Block will give you the personal attention and the customization that you need. Diddy's Big Block Racing on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, the owner of IRE 4x4 has asked me to do this just a little different than normal. So I'm going to go ahead and go through it. Uh, this is normally where I would talk about IR8 4x4. Um, that being said, again, we want to make you aware uh, of Jeff Davidson and his story. Back in late July, Jeff was wheeling his buggy, and he and his passenger were strapped in with harnesses when his buggy rolled on its side and actually exploded. Being strapped in, Jeff was burned pretty badly, about 25% of his body, and there are several... Um, groups of people coming together to help raise some money for him and his family during this difficult time. There are two major giveaways that they're doing. One is for an extremely nice built rock crawler, and the other is for an extremely plush 48-foot toy hauler. Two beautiful and over-the-top items they will be raffling off. The tickets are limited, and the drawings are going to be on October 3rd, so it's coming up very soon, guys. Please get this taken care of now. Not only will you be supporting a member of the off-road community, but you have a chance to win some really cool prizes. Both raffles can be found at irate4x4.com slash Jeff. That is irate, I-R-A-T-E, 4x4.com slash Jeff, J-E-F-F. That's it, really easy. Go there to get your links. Go there, and that has all the information to get to the raffles, the GoFundMe page, and everything in between. Uh, next on the list is All Things UTV. Let me tell you guys something. All Things UTV has a RS1 diff swap option that you can just order. Comes with the, the actual differential itself, comes with the mounting plate. It's a really great option. If your vehicle did not come with that from the factory, it's a very sustainable, or should I say attainable, uh, upgrade that you can have for your machine. I really highly recommend it. I'll do it at some point. I'm just waiting for my front end to blow up. So knock on wood that that doesn't happen soon, but it always could happen. Uh, All Things UTV has crazy fast customer service speeds and crazy fast shipping. They're one of the best in the business. I highly recommend their Razor Aid Tender Springs and Inner Fender Liners for higher protection of your vehicle. All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram and allthingsutv.com. Last but not least, our friends over at Infinite Off-Road want to give you 10% off the entire website. 10% off with code word ROCKS. R-O-C-K-S will get you 10% off the entire infiniteoffroad.com website. That includes rock lights, 
light bars, light pods, wiring kits. Listen, I bought three of their wiring harnesses uh, a couple weeks ago, and man, do they make wiring easy. I have everything on my car going through three switches that I got from Infinite Off-Road. It's been really great. I had a parasitic draw on my battery. I, basically, my battery just die every couple days, or not a couple days, but you know, every, every couple weeks or so. And uh, it was because I did not have something wired correct, and the previous owner had a bird's nest in there. So I just bought wiring kits from Infinite Off-Road with my 10% off coupon, got them all over here, got everything sorted out, and man, is it better. Also, all of those wiring kits come in with built-in relays so you can do the fancy strobes and all that other kind of fun stuff. It's great. InfiniteOffRoad.com, Infinite Off-Road on Facebook and Instagram.